Welcome back to the soccer universe. I'm here with Fran and Yashish as always. What's up, guys? Hi. Hello. How, how, what's happening, guys? What's happening? <laughs> There's so much to cover this week. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, as a United fan, it's, it's like one of the best weeks we could have. I, I feel like personally, it's still top of the table. I mean, imagine imagine saying this like six months ago. Like we like we are on top of the table for like an hour by like you know by fluke because we're like three games in hand. Like now the people blow us three games in hand. We are we are like far ahead, like <laughs> playing well and top of the table. So I just want to give you guys an update. I am now rooting. I am now somewhat rooting for Man United. Yes. What? I, re- I There's a reason. I am now the proud owner of. Let me see. 14 shares of Man United. Whoa! They're a publicly traded company, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, Yes. I was like, right now their value is dipping, but I do have confidence that it will come back by the end of the season. You know, they're they're in a good role now. And, like, investors don't really see that as much as they see headlines. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to wait because I think I'm pretty confident that value is going to go up. Aside from the fact that that might create some crazy legal problems for us down the road, that is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay, where do we start? Where do we start? Um, I guess the first thing we should start is with the um, with the Palmas accident. Right. Uh, on uh, on Sunday, a plane fell in Brazil and six people died. Uh, four of them were players for the fourth league side, Palmas. Uh, the team president died and the pilot of the plane died. And I mean, it's... I think two years after the the big tragic accident of uh, Chapecoense, right? Yeah. So it just builds on that. And, I mean, there's not much to say except it's a, it's a sad thing that happened. No, it's extremely unfortunate. We're also not far removed from um, Emiliano Sala's death as well. Right. Exactly. And it's just, these kind of incidents just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the best wishes to everyone associated with uh, all these people and um, I hope I hope like the club can get over this as well I mm-hmm. wish them like I hope that uh, this does not push them back a lot and yeah yeah I hope the community comes stronger in, in spite of this of course anyway um, but back in the EPL news I think the biggest is managerial news I think we're expecting this for a while or like anticipating this. I think a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, we we definitely somewhat saw it coming. Frank Lampard sacked. I, I think it, this is the right move. Yeah, I. So the thing is, the thing is, I saw it coming because of the club, like like kind of club that Chelsea is. Like I read that I think uh, since Abramovich has taken over, there have been seventeen different like managerial reigns, um, which is crazy, right? I mean. Jesus, like, that's like, what, 20 years? I think he's been here now, around 20, 2025, I'm not sure. Um, and in just that much time, there have been 17 different managers, like managerial reigns. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This, isn't, this isn't necessarily uh, a bad thing for Frank Lampard himself, I think, because um, do you think this is going to hamper Lampard's chances to get, like, a good job again in the future? I'm sure it'll come back. I don't think he did like. Look, it, Chelsea's been rough, but I don't think he's 
you know, some kind of historically terrible manager like Gary Neville or something, like Gary <laughs> Henry. So he'll come back to a coaching job. I think he needs to slowly ascend the ladder. Yeah. He shouldn't take a big job. And I don't think any big jobs are coming his way anyway. As long as yeah. uh, as long as his ego doesn't get in the way, I feel like this is probably the best thing that could have happened to his career. Because let's be honest, he wasn't up to par to be Chelsea manager right now, right? So a setback is probably a good thing for him. I think if he if he's humble about it, he'll start at a lower side team and build his way back up. Because he has yeah, a he's... lot to learn, right? Tuchel yeah. is a very experienced manager. I'm honestly a little scared right now of Chelsea. Because he's going to destroy a lot of the competition. I think Tuchel's going to reinvigorate the reinvigorate them to some extent and I feel like they'll be a more consistent team I don't know if I fear Chelsea like that though especially from under them on the table but like I don't know if like I I don't know if I fear them like that just because Thomas Tuchel mm -hmm. I think he's a great manager I don't think he's like you know when Tottenham hired Mourinho mid-season there's an actual like there's real concern and I just don't feel that same way true I feel like I feel like I'd be more scared of Chelsea Uh, of course, like whenever a new manager comes in, there's this thing that happens with most clubs. Like they they will go on a good run of form. Or at least I don't. I've noticed that happen like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, where like a lot of the whenever new club is like new managers being hired in the middle, they go on like a few games, a good run of form, and then it starts falling off again. Not falling off, but it goes no back to normal again. But I'll be scared of Chelsea after he has a pre-season under his belt. I feel like once he's gotten to know his own like team, what's his like. Best, what are his best options? Like, it's going to be interesting how what he does with Kai Havertz as well, because Lampard wasn't able to. It, it it almost felt like Lampard didn't really want Havertz in the first place, and Ibrahimovic just like told him, "Oh, I bought this guy for you. It's a gift for you." You know. Yeah. So, so it's going to be very interesting because Mount has been. I feel like he's been one of the best players for Chelsea this season. Uh, despite of all the jokes, he's actually been good. Um, uh, so it's going to be interesting because Mount and Howards both prefer playing in the same position, same style. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I think Tuchel. I mean, he's stubborn in a different way, but I don't think he's stubborn in the Frank Lampard way. Mm. And so I think, I don't know. I think he'll take. He'll actually, you know, capitalize on the talent he has on this team. Oh, for sure. And you were talking about. Um, The manager comes in, there's a good run of form, and then they go, it goes back to normal slowly. But what is Tuchel's normal? You know what I'm saying? Because his win percentage at PSG, and granted it's PSG, but it was like 75%, right? And he made all the way, made it all the way to the Champions League final. Then at Dortmund, the squad wasn't the best at the years he was there. There was the rebuild after Klopp. But he still was challenging for the Bundesliga title, you know? And always Bayern is miles ahead. But he was still competitive, so I feel like If that's. If I'm not uh, mistaken, go ahead, go ahead. The uh, the Dortmund um, bus attack actually happened during his season. Oh really? I'm pretty sure. Mm. If I might be wrong, but I do remember like his team really like showing real resilience in spite of that. And I don't know. That's if anything's a sign of a good manager, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. We have to see. I think after I'm, I'm with the here. After an off season, we'll evaluate him. Okay, fair enough. I'm a little yeah. scared. <laughs> But here's the thing, right? I think uh, the second Rashford looks at Tuchel, he's just going to turn into a beast mode, <laughs> score a couple of goals. Hey, I'm not. I'm not too worried. <laughs> um, Let's leave the the Rashford talk to the 
to the end of the podcast because we have a lot to speak about. Oh, yeah, we have a lot. Oh, yeah, we can't get into that yet. All right. Um, now, after... But, but see, like, I, I still I don't think you've spoken enough about the fact that did... Do you think it, it's a premature decision? Or do you think, like, it couldn't be helped because of the kind of club that Chelsea is? Well, it's a little bit of both. I think Chelsea's longest-term manager, if I'm not mistaken, was Jose Mourinho. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Jose Mourinho is the exact opposite of what, like, a long-term manager feels like, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It is, it's just the way the club operates. It, they're not the only one. Real Madrid kind of operates this way, too, until they found something with Zidane. And even then, they're still pretty tumultuous. So, I don't know. I... I don't. I think there's a organizational problem with Chelsea, but I think Lampard did deserve this. I fair think enough, enough. Lampard would only have stayed in the job if Chelsea were really looking to change their whole dynamic. Because even if you look at it from their perspective under Abramovich, Lampard is like he was given the fifth longest amount of time, if that makes sense, for a manager who did not win the Premier League. In the next season, you know? So, like, only Mourinho, uh, Ancelotti, Conte, and someone else were fired after Frank Lampard. So, he was technically given a lot of time by Chelsea standards. No, no, the, the, only, the only three, Mourinho and the three men you mentioned, there's no one else there. So, exactly, it was still good. <sighs> anyway, uh, from Chelsea, let's move on to... Uh, the team competing for the Europa League suddenly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Sean Dyche went full Sean Dyche mode in the tunnel. Bro, uh, I loved that. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Klopp was all raging, going after Sean Dyche. And he just turned at him and Klopp was like, Oh no, I'm not, not getting into this fight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why he'd want to mess with Sean Dyke of all people. Oh, uh, bro, that, his his voice like it's like it's like you know like the Terminator, <laughs> but like Sean Dyke. <laughs> uh, Out of any Premier League manager, I think Sean Dyke like reminds me the most of like an NFL coach. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like a, like a fat, intense old guy. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But but okay, but what do you think about the game itself? Like about Liverpool's poor run of form like like we discussed this last time and we pointed out a few players like Firmino lack of um, creativity from midfield and um, Trent and Robertson still not you know uh, being able to create those like be as effective as they were in the past seasons Um, but like uh, what happened against Burnley because there were like a few chances and like I like that Origi missed. What was that? How did he miss that? Like Jesus Christ! I like. I, do you think Klopp needs to be blamed for that game itself? Like based on his selections and stuff. I don't know if the selection should be blamed. It's more that the mentality that they had has kind of fluttered away. You know, Liverpool had that thing of constant attack, and when they got the team on the back foot, they would press them and press them. And they would find a way to score. You just don't feel that scared about facing them anymore. And this is not... I'm not saying this is like a huge phenomena. This is what, a month 
in the making or something. Yeah. But you still feel that the players just aren't that, don't seem that committed to it anymore. So maybe there's blame in that for Klopp. I mean, I think this is something that we kind of see consistently with a, like a, a team that kind of, I don't want to say peaks, but reaches like a new height of success. They will have these like months of like just yeah. complacency and uh, lack of intensity. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the Red Arrows Liverpool of a couple of years ago. Like it's so far removed from that now, yeah. just like from a tactical perspective. But do you think like this current run of form is just like a, um, it's just like a blip, or do you think this is a huge like area of concern that maybe it can go on for longer? I think it's like, a blip, but if you don't treat it right now if all the effort isn't put into like getting the mentality fixed getting the players to be more aggressive this is going to carry over and that's where the danger lies because like morale is always i don't know i feel like morale is probably at the peak of importance when you're dealing with such high level of talent right if you don't get the players invested in the model you lose them in a month or so especially nowadays that's kind of what happened at chelsea right Lampard kind of lost the morale of the players and then they gave up on him. So, I think Klopp is, I think of course, different. previous but... years, they also had a little more of a stable, like, you know, stable list of injuries. It wasn't this, like, erratic. And I think now, like, the squad selection, it's naturally going to be more inconsistent. It's going to be harder to find, like, keep momentum and, like, get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't overreact to it. They're only, like, a couple points down from, like, second and first. Like, a couple wins away. So, I don't know. It's I give Jurgen Klopp the benefit of the doubt. Oh, for sure. Like a couple of losses away from like eight. <laughs> that speaks so much more to the competitiveness, though, than anything. Uh, but yeah, um, I also want to say: Do you think the fans not being there in the stadium is playing a huge role? Uh, yes I mean, yeah, and what's... no, because nobody has fans, right? But I, I personally felt like Ch- like Liverpool. I don't know. I feel like the, like I feel like the Liverpool Liverpool team is I, the fans were like a huge like much more important to this Liverpool team than like some of the other clubs. Personally, I don't know. I know like I felt like that was the like that was the case. Um, no, I think you're absolutely right, right? Because it's it's you know the power of Anfield. It, you have to believe in that. Like I, as much as I don't like to like admit how much of a strong home crowd it is, it's like. It's like the English version of Lambeau Field or anything. Like, it's it's probably the strongest home crowd there is. Mm. And so, I think the only team that benefits from having no fans this season is Man City. But, like, <laughs> otherwise, I, I don't know. It isn't even playing field, but I do think Yoshish is right. Liverpool has the advantage, and it's tough to get, like, get used to not having that. Right. Uh, fourth form only Alright, fair enough. So, um. Wait, Yoshi, you're gonna yeah. have to repeat that for us because it didn't come through. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'm accompanied with Josh over here because he's in my dorm. And, um, he raised a good point that at Anfield itself, this was like their first proper game where they actually performed really badly. Um, and I mean that makes sense. So maybe maybe the fans' argument could be uh, refuted. But then again, I feel like I personally feel like fans play a role for all teams. I I always just noticed like that Liverpool Liverpool like they they had a more than Liverpool like 
being motivated to play better it was the other team that got affected yeah. by like the the fans themselves like mm-hmm. so th- that could be the reason um um <laughs> find out how to add crying face emoji on google talk <laughs> <laughs> i love how our outlines for podcasts are like genuine points and then always just like random roasts just like stuffed in the middle <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Uh, anyway, so from Europa League contenders to um, uh, champions of the world. No, let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves. This is dangerous. You guys know you're setting yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she the other day posted on his um, on his Instagram something like, "Do you think this team can actually win the league or something?" And I was like, "I'm not responding to this." <laughs> Because tempting fate is a real thing, and I actually believe in this thing, this team. So I'm not gonna mess with that. Oh, no, I I like this Man U team, but you guys are just lobbing yourselves like up to just get dunked on by Liverpool fans. <laughs> yeah. Really? No, I don't think Liverpool fans. I think City fans. I think I said that like the last times we spoke about predictions. I was all Liverpool till like the first three months since the season started, but then like now I feel like it's City. Like. I, I yeah I feel like it's a team. Anyway, okay. United. Um, I want to talk about Pogba. Pogba hasn't been mentioned here, but I had done a POV okay about Pogba, and I told him. I I, I hope he heard it, but I told him <laughs> that um, if you don't want to stay here, then go. Don't stay here. Like we don't need you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that guy. Since Rayola said all those things, right? Since Amino Rayola said all those things, he's turned into the Pogba that I think we paid for. Mm. Yeah, I, like all those. And the thing is, earlier he used to score goals, like when the teams already like lost, the opposite teams like already lost. But he's like, three. I think he he scored three match-winning goals, right? Against Burnley. Against uh, West Ham, not it wasn't a match-winning goal, but it was the the long-range banger, right? And uh, that oh my god, weak foot, Fulham, weak foot. That was unreal. Like oh my god. So I, well, I'm sorry, Pogba, but if you keep playing like this, uh, you can stay. Please do stay. Not you can. Please do stay. I'll worship you. <laughs> I, f- I feel like in a couple of weeks or so, you guys are gonna be getting, gonna be back to like ragging up Pogba again. I don't It's know. You'll have some possible. like dip in form, and we'll, you'll just be back to square one. Yeah. But this is the the Pogba we got for the I one game. I just want to talk about. Go ahead. Go two ahead. Arsenal midfielders. So I'm. Well, one thing is, I I realize a just recurring trend that whenever Real Madrid has a young midfielder, or Napoli is in the race for a midfielder, they're going to Arsenal. It's it's the Fabrizio Romano like confirmation. If a young midfielder is struggling to get game time at Real Madrid, you know where he's headed. It's Arsenal, and so I'm extremely happy with this Odegaard move. I think we need this sense of creativity. I also think this eases the load off of Emil Smith Rowe and gives us more options because we've been like in a we had a couple good games of like just hot run of form, but we saw with the Southampton game like Arsenal is one thing. We have one thing going for us in our darkest times. And even then, we lost. We lost it on an own goal. Yeah. How can we get knocked out of the FA Cup? But like, I don't know. I'm. I think this is a good way to respond to that and respond to so many of the season struggles. 
they Arsenal doesn't have that much capital to spend for like these for transfers, and I think like, Odegaard is a very shrewd move, and I think it has a lot of like high upside. So yeah, I, I could be happier with this. You know, um, remember earlier when Gabriel Gabriel uh, said um, that he's learning a lot from David Luiz. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, <laughs> I think you're a center back and you play for Arsenal. You're just naturally cursed. You will score an own goal at least once. Yeah, actually, though, remember uh, Mortasako? He used to score so many own goals. Like I remember, he used to score so many own goals. It's, I think Koscielny was the <laughs> only like Arsenal, like from modern like modern history that I can remember who's actually decent. Uh, or oh, like I miss you, I miss prime Koscielny. Like I, I cherish that now more than like I realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Murzaker, like you know, he's in some ways an icon for the club. I think he's a. I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's also the slowest man. He's yeah, the slowest man I've ever seen play the sport. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think in FIFA they reduced like sprint speed to like forty or something like that. I mean, Jesus. Oh, uh, that guy is probably walking, and Mbappe, when Mbappe is like walking, that guy's probably running. Like, I think even slower, dude. Because Mbappe at least probably like speed walks. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, fan, you were saying something. Oh, how long is Odegaard gonna stay though? Because I feel like it's only until the end of the season, right? Yeah, I think it is till the end of the season. Do you feel like that's I'm... enough time to really unlock his potential? Because he's never played in England before. No, I don't think it's, like, you know, enough time to, like, get the best out of Odegaard. I think we saw with Real Madrid, he didn't really get much time and he didn't get much opportunity. Which also, I think des- he deserved more than he got there. But, mm. I don't know. I think this is still a needed reinforcements, at the very least. Yeah. This team is a it's a thin team, and Odegaard is only, like, an upgrade, no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have... I haven't actually looked at the specific like financial terms. I think we have an option to get him for the next season. Okay. But I'm not actively concerned about it. I think by that point, we should be pursuing more long-term options. And this is more of like a, a, a good, like cheaper bridge move to make. I don't know if I like how Arsenal became this like feeding club for Real Madrid. So whenever they have a problem with a young prospect, oh, let's, let's send him to Arsenal. You know, the challenge might be good for him. Or, like, we have an old star who's not as good anymore. Let's send him to Arsenal, you know? They'll, they'll fix him or something. I don't know. It shows that you guys aren't aren't really trying to be top anymore, you know? I, I hate to agree with you. But, like, with the pandemic going on and the Nicolas Pepe signing still handicapping us, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's it's not shocking to me that they don't spend a lot at this moment. But the Kroenkes have never been, like you know, exactly generous about anything. Yeah. Not really opening up blank checks for anybody. So, I don't know. I, I, do I like the state of Arsenal Arsenal financially? No, because I think they're so conservative in the way they spend. They, at least for such a long time, it's such a big global appeal. And their policy was just, you know, spend what we profit. Whereas every other club owner is always pouring money into the club and, you know, really investing his time, like their time and effort into it. But... I guess, like, I can only be so negative, right? At this point, I just got to appreciate the player coming in. There's nothing I can do about, you know, fixing Arsenal's finances. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to speak about um, uh, Gareth Bale. Um, 
he so he's not he's clearly not injured right he's still he's quite fit right and uh, mourinho still just doesn't play him right um he plays him in all these cup fixtures and yesterday i don't know if you watched the match against uh, i forget the team uh, waikum wanderers i think right uh, yes. uh, and he bail miss like a couple of sitters like you know some really easy chances and i don't know like he just he used to be one of my favorite players on the planet and he's fallen so bad like he he scored the, the winning goal in a champions league final and like look where he is do you see like gareth bale coming back to like the level not even if that level like just a level of being a consistent premier league performer ever again no no i i got to be very honest i as much as i like the guy i think after what maybe 2014 he started to take just injuries and everything started piling up and i also i i don't know if like i mean i can't like i know nothing about like sports medicine but i will say <laughs> i i i just i had looked into it i feel like the way he's training himself is also hindering him cuz if you looked at him at tottenham and you looked at him early at real madrid he's always in good shape but he's always like somewhat leaner and just like faster and you know he really like let that pace work for itself now he's i mean the shooting like it was there like, real madrid even after like the injuries but i don't know he he got so bulky and i think like again i'm not a doctor but i just think like with so many injuries and constantly bulking up more and more and being such a like a pace like reliant player it doesn't make it a ton of sense to me i don't know he's not a dominatory right like i don't it's it's weird i, I don't really know what to like say about it but i think i don't see bale returning though he's been injured he's had so many different issues he's been out of form for such a long time even the champions league winning goal you're referring to that season he wasn't like consistently a starter there's a reason he came off the bench Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I that, mean, I agree. What do you think, Fran? Well, we're. I think first of all, we need to start a new segment called Archit Ready MD on all our on all our podcasts because I love this Doctor Archit segment <laughs> idea. But um, uh, on Bayo, though, I I agree. I feel like okay. I think this is a good chance for him to become to age well to become a different type of player, right? because i think Mourinho what he sees in him is a player who lacks confidence and you can see that he doesn't really care about not starting premier league games and he's okay most of the time just playing cup games so this is someone who just doesn't have confidence anymore to play at the level he used to right yeah i mean i don't think he's you know fighting for starting time there's yeah. he doesn't have like a bad attitude about this mm-hmm. i think he's just having to be somewhere somewhere where he can like you know communicate with that country citizens like i don't know yeah I, he is at best a very good like role player like utility kind of like well, kind of guy. That is actually very important. And he could graduate into a sort of leader a uh, leader figure, right? He captains Wales, but I feel like that's on the basis of talent more than leadership. If he yeah. understands his age, if he understands where he is in his career, he could become a valuable player as a leader for the squad. To be honest, I think for Wales, he's always been I've always seen him as somewhat a leader. He might not be vocal in the same way other like, you know, other like famous captains are. Mm-hmm. But I think like he's always he's always worn like that like the Welsh identity on his sleeve. He's always embraced it. That's true. Like yeah, I don't know. I think he's always been a leader for that team in my opinion. Yeah, um that's true. 
I feel like we didn't talk enough about United versus Liverpool. <laughs> I I don't think we 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 uh, we need to we need to right. I mean, okay, ignoring the fact that um, the thing is the FA Cup game, right? So the nil all game in the Premier League, that was not much to write home about, right? It, there wasn't much to talk about that. Uh, but the game in the FA Cup, on the other hand. It wasn't like one of the teams is bad, right? Like based on what I like, no. Um, both teams actually played really well, and that I think, and that I think goes far ahead to say how well United has you know developed since like the Anfield loss that we had uh, more than a year ago, right? And I think credit needs to be given to Olegana Solskjaer. Oof, that's tough. I, I, I know it's tough for us. <laughs> I know it's very difficult. But I feel like I, I don't, I don't understand what exactly he's done. But he's done something that has made these players better. You know, mm. of course, some of the acquisitions like Edinson Cavani and uh, Bruno Fernandes and all these guys, of course, they play a huge role. But there is something that even players like Rashford, right? Rashford become. Freaking brilliant, right? He, he's become. He, he just he, and I feel like this isn't even like half of what he can do, right? I think he can just go so much. So he can do so much better. Sometimes his dribbling is like wayward. Like I think he can improve his dribbling, even though he's such a good dribbler. I think his clinic, like he's not clinical. The shot, the goal that he did score, I think he got slightly lucky because Allison did get his hand to it, right? He could have done better with the finish, and I. And okay, but the pass for Greenwood's assist. Bro, what was that? That was oh my! I mean, the Chelsea players did give him a lot of space as if like yeah, go ahead. But still, to find the guy to be able to execute that pass, oh my god! <laughs> did I see Robertson trying to <laughs> trying to put Greenwood off? I didn't. I didn't get to watch much of the game, but I saw that and I was like, dude, this guy's an absolute nut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was it's like we were watching Sunday League football. Um, uh, no, I respect the like, I respect the desire to intimidate your opponents. You know. Yeah, but but it was uh, kudos to uh, Greenwood, who's lacking in confidence. Must must we say mm-hmm. uh, to be able to like? Well, he performed really well. He did. Uh, it's it's good to see acad- academy graduates performing. But um, it honestly it helps Greenwood. That uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was playing alongside him, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. <laughs> he was wearing I mean, the number ten, but we know who he was. We know. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, he was playing with Cristiano, and then there was a uh, David Beckham. You saw that free kick, right? Oh yes, I did. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to quickly just talk about um, Ozil going to Fenerbahce. Did I get it right? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. So, I just wanted to say, like, as as Arsenal fan, I have so many mixed thoughts on him. But as outsiders, how would you guys kind of like view like his legacy at this point as a player? I feel like uh, if I look back, like if someone mentions Ozil to me. I just think of like a guy who just got screwed over by his club. Mm. Like I, I, that's that's all that comes to my mind. Like a guy who could have been a world beater, who probably was a world beater at some point in his life, right? 
बट जस्ट मनी एंड द रिलेशनशिप्स एंड एवरीथिंग जस्ट क्रूड ओवर हिज करियर राइट एंड आई फील लाइक दिस द बेस्ट मूव फॉर हिम बिकॉज़ आई थिंक ही विल बी हैप्पी and i mean he's going to rule like he he's he's going to destroy the turkish team <laughs> man's going to walk over there and just so yeah i what do you think friend i agree with you i feel like going to arsenal was probably his worst decision and i mean no offense to arsenal but just like he was not the player that you guys deserved in that sense you know what i'm saying because if you buy someone like it's you're not you shouldn't be asking him to track back You shouldn't be asking him to be all mobile in the front three and to defend and mark and all that stuff. You should treat a guy with that kind of talent the way he deserves to be treated. Yeah, absolutely fair. I'm I'm not going to argue with all of it. I will say, however, I think, I mean, he has some great years with us, and yeah. I think he like he did like the way I see it, he did break the like drought of like not winning any trophies, and like no matter how you evaluate it, Epic Cup, whatever it is. He brought trophies back to Arsenal, which mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Of course. And so, I think he's done more than enough, more than enough service for this club. I will say the club also like just handled this case so poorly. So it's embarrassing, really. Yeah. But I don't know. He's always like be like grateful for like him having even joined Arsenal and being such a good player. I will say like I don't know small things though. I think towards the end of his uh, I think Wenger. You're talking like Fran from a tactical perspective. I think Wenger gave him the most like he gave him the most license to like thrive as a player. Mm. You know, you know, play that like beautiful form of soccer that he does. Where United Emery for they had a hot run of form for a little bit with Ozil, but it slowly just like died down. I think towards the end of the Wenger tenure it kind of died down too. And then Arteta used him for the first couple months and then the shutdown happened and then once we returned, we just didn't see any more of Ozil. And so I think every manager did also see that like There were some question marks with the guy, and it was a little bit tougher to like integrate him. But I don't know. I'm not gonna like let all the negatives like sit by. He like at, at the end of the day, he's 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 definitely a club like an icon for the club. Hmm. What he did. And this is go ahead. That, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, let's just not forget that this is still a guy who played for Real Madrid, won the La Liga with Real Madrid, won the World Cup with Germany, right? Starting. Yeah. So, like, this is still a hugely successful guy. It's just that, yeah, on the back end of his career, he probably made some bad decisions. Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he didn't have the right like the last two managers were just more the right fit for him. At yeah. All. I think Arteta gave him more of a chance, but even then, it just like Arteta is also super stubborn too. But yeah, Real had their best La Liga season with him. So, like, it, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can like discount him, but I'm happy he's in Turkey now with his uh, you know, with his buddy, buddy's the president over there. <laughs> um, I want to ask though, I think Ozil is like the definition of that proper number ten, right? I, the the player who plays right behind the striker and uh, basically the playmaker of the team, right? But nowadays we are basically um, the number ten is becoming more and more redundant. Um, I don't know with maybe with the four-two-three-one style, it's going to come back, but I still don't see players playing the role of that number ten. Do you see anyone in the Premier League who's like who who is playing as a number ten? Because I see more people like in terms of position, right? I see people playing more as number eights, like 
forward number eights. Players like um, Bruno is more like a forward, like forward number eight, right? Keeps running, tracking back. Do you think in the modern world, a player like Ozil can survive? Someone who does not track back, someone who cannot, uh, who who does not play those overall roles. Do you think it's possible for a number ten, pure number ten like Ozil, to survive in today's world? I think the role is dying off. It teams are viewing it as like a luxury position, right? And I think I mean we're seeing it with like. I mean, Hamas towards the end of his Real Madrid tenure, you know, he couldn't really get a spot there, and then like Isco started taking his place, and you know, it's we started to see like, like we started to see with him there, but he also had a bit of a resurgence to Everton, and then you know we see Christian Eriksen now as well. I think the role is dying out, but I think if if you have talented enough of a player as like we're seeing with Hamas, I think there's still like more than enough like space for them to thrive. I think it only takes a little bit of adapting, you know. I I think it has died out, but I feel like there's a chance it might come on a resurgence in a few years. And this, I feel like I wrote a, an article about this last year. And it was about João Félix at uh, Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I feel like in his style of play, someone who actually drops right off the striker, you have a chance at finding a new number 10. And on Bruno... Um, Bruno actually doesn't perform defensive duties as well as we think he does. There's an appearance because he runs a lot and sometimes he gets tackles in, but he's hugely chaotic on defense. And he's usually in the wrong position. So it just seems like he's that type of number eight who can track back and is sound positionally, but he really isn't. That's why you need more midfielders around him to like support his crazy runs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I now that I think about it, what are you saying? Like, it makes complete. It makes complete sense. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of Pogba. I don't know why Pogba just came to my mind. <laughs> Pogba is a god. Pogba is ah oh, Jesus. I mean, I love Pogba, right? He what pissed me off was when like Raiola said those things, and I'm like, there's no way Raiola saying this without Pogba knowing, right? Yeah. Like that. That's what pissed me off. But it's all right. Anyway, um, oh, but yeah, can I didn't I wanted to say something about Odegaard. Uh, I feel like personally, he's like a gem of a signing. Like, I mean, on loan, regardless. But he, he, even though he's never played in the Premier League, I can see him having a great impact. I, I feel like in the Arsenal team right now, he has like that. Like, I don't want to compare him to Phil Foden. But like I think he can he can play the kind of role Phil Foden's been playing over the last couple of months, right? Foden's been pretty good, so yeah. I can see. Yeah, that. I, can, I see the I see the comparison. No, I, I'm already like pretty excited for the signing. I think like given that the club is always you know at least making excuses that they're on a limited budget, I'm glad they're at least utilizing what they have to you know make like important upgrades. I don't know. Yeah. Can't, can't be too mad. Also, can we just put this out there? Uh, the West Ham game got over against Crystal Palace. West Ham United won three two. Nice. That has put Liverpool outside of the top four. Someone's <laughs> 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 not feeling too well. Too well. <laughs> but anyway, I think Arsenal versus Southampton just started. It just kicked off. Yeah. It, it just off. kicked oh, off. Oh, here's the lock. Is that? Oh, Lacazette can't score. He's embarrassing. <laughs> Lacazette just Lacazette missed a very right easy away. chance. Apparently, 
Kieran Neeson is not starting at all. Wait, what? Kieran Neeson is not starting. Oh, so. oh interesting. I did not, I did not realize that. Injured. Mm. Oh, right. Cedric is left back. Um, all right. I think uh, I wanted to before we move on to the preview of Liverpool versus Spurs. That's tomorrow. I want to mention uh, the city. Yeah. So I think it looked like all like. Not all done, of course, because it's like halfway through the season. But it looked like Juventus was falling off, at least to me, right? Uh, and AC Milan was like far and like I think the last time we spoke about City was when AC Milan lost to Juventus, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but AC Milan lost again, three 0 to Atlanta, and Juventus won their game. And Inter Milan's like two points of AC Milan. So I feel like Serie is becoming more and more interesting, um, and I think like. Of course, I still think AC Milan might win it. Uh, but what do you all think about the situation over there? Do you all, do you all like, do you all follow it enough to know anything? So, <laughs> good, good question. Very valid question. No, I mean, I'm a bit of a Ronaldo fanboy, so I always feel like he's that kind of, he's just inevitable, yeah. and like, and also there's 20 games left to the season. Exactly. So. You know, AC Milan is in pole position to win it. And if I had to put money on it, I would say AC Milan. But the fan side of me still sees Juventus like making some kind of miracle comeback. I still bank I on know. it being a, a two-horse race and it being between the two Milan teams. Um, okay. We're going to get a good preview today because they're playing for the, the Coppa Italia. Inter is playing Milan. We'll see how that goes. But... I feel like Juventus, they're going to go through these ups and downs. Um, as I said before, I think it's kind of a test to see what the best squad is and to find the best formations for the, the Champions League. Arsenal's down 1-0 to Southampton. Sorry to interrupt oh, you. No. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, friend. I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but... Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm just going to say... Oh, my stream is terrible. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. This is great oh, content. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I just got it's a notification. Okay, okay. so. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, right, no, no, no. Let's continue. Let's continue. We'll get back to this. No, but yeah, I feel like it's going to be a two-horse race. And it's going to be between the two Milan teams. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a Milan thing. Only. <laughs> Speaking of the Milan derby, they're actually playing right now. And I think AC Milan is up. So Right. They're playing for the Coppa Italia. Oh, here it is. Here it is. AC Milan's up. Oh, that's embarrassing defending. 1-0 with Latin score. AC's up only 30 mi- 33 minutes in, so... Oh, Zlatan scored. Yeah, Zlatan scored. Zlatan scored. Of course he does. Of yeah. course. <laughs> what do you expect, right? Zlatan's a god. Zlatan, like... He, you, we, aren't, we aren't privileged enough to speak about him. Like, he is... Uh, he is far, like, he, he's, like, higher than God. So, I mean... He's I, transcended our plane. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm, Jesus. Wait, wait, I can't find Coppet. Uh, but, yeah. Um, finally. Tomorrow's game is huge. Because if Liverpool loses, they have... They'll probably end up seven, seventh in the table. I would love that. Oh, who wouldn't? <laughs> who would not love that? Um, but okay, let's be honest though. What do you think happening over here? What do you think? What do you see happening? Here? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tempt fate, cause I'm on. <laughs> I'm very much on the Spurs bandwagon. 
so I'm not gonna tempt fate. I'm just gonna say, how crazy is it that a month ago these two teams were fighting for the top spot in the Premier League, and now they're fighting for like fourth place? I I still feel like they're probably still like one of them. Whoever wins this game is gonna stay in the title race. I feel like oh, for if sure. it's a draw, both of them are gonna follow. Yeah, but like last last month, Spurs were top or like right, and Liverpool were second. And now they're like Liverpool is what fifth, and Spurs is sixth with a game in hand. This is so crazy. Yeah, I see. I see Spurs winning this. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'd love to root for the red team here, but no, I see. Uh, I see Spurs winning because they've just been like in better form. They look like they're. I don't know. They look like they're scoring a little more, just the higher volume. So I, I trust it more. So if I had to put money on it, I'd say give a prediction. I'll go. With, Spurs 3-1 I mean if we are saying that Spurs is scoring more all they need to score is like one goal to score more than Liverpool so I mean <laughs> oh my god yeah. um, but you are I, forgetting that this is an important game the title race it, which immediately puts Tottenham at a disadvantage oh yeah oh shit yeah. <laughs> not first anymore anytime they have a clinical clinical match you always bet on the opposing side. That's that's true. Uh, mm. uh, City also just scored Elkay Gundogan. The run he's having is actually mad. And like, uh, City's been playing some... Like, City's a scary team right now. Like, yeah. like I'd back them for the Champions League as well. Because their defense has become so good suddenly. That... Like, and I think in a comp- cup competition, your defense is like more important than anything else. Especially like in a cup competition. If, like, Stones has become, like, British or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. thing is, I had the uh, table open from, like, when we were, like, discussing this earlier. Because I, I wanted to see where um, how far off Liverpool exactly was. City's playing right now. They're uh, they're up one. I actually just saw them jump up Man U for top of the table on Google. Yeah. No, that, that happened. Yes. It's okay. We're there. I think that's the best mentality you can have in this situation. We're there. <laughs> and honestly, we've been saying this, but like, this was the worst start to the league for a very long time. And we're second right now. Did Arsenal Pepe score? Equalized, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas Pepe. But every time France speaks, something happens. Yo, Fran, please keep talking so we can score like five more goals. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah it's actually crazy because like it, it, it's I still don't understand that like we lost six one at home earlier this season and now we're competing for the title. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Like this season is mad. Like it. To be honest, you can't even rule out Leicester at this point. Like you can't. Like you can't. So, and you know what? Leicester's far more experienced in title challenges than Spurs. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Although their manager is Brendan Rodgers. Famously oh, yes, a bossler, yes, yes, right? Yes. Oh my god. But Honestly, yeah. from a, you know, from a degenerate gambling perspective, <laughs> Leicester wouldn't be a bad pick if you had to put money on it. Put a small amount. The odds are pretty like stacked against them, and they're only three points out. Yeah, that's a good bet because you'll a lot of high upside because it's a underdog, and 
they're really not far off, and I trust them more than. I don't see why I trust them less than a lot of these teams right now. So, you know, random gambling advice if anyone needs it. <laughs> I feel like the worst. <laughs> I feel like the worst uh, result for both teams would, of course, be a loss. But I think a draw would actually be very bad for both teams because mm. they'll both then fall off. I feel like both teams need to go for the win, but I can still. But I, I know that Spurs is just gonna sit back. Like it's just not gonna happen. Uh, and Son is gonna score on a counter, uh, buried in the top bins. Uh, Kane with the assist, cause why not? I mean, <laughs> I think it's gonna be like a very close, like one nil game. I feel like yeah, I think it'll be one nil, and uh, Liverpool will not be able to score, cause I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Thiago, like despite how amazing we say he is, uh, when was his last assist? Ooh. Fired. <laughs> I, I want to speak on that. I feel like that's not a. Yeah, is he having the best season right now? No. Is that a fair way to evaluate his game? Also, I don't know if like. <laughs> I know. I'm just making. I love Thiago. I'll be honest with you. I Thiago is like I rate Thiago a lot, but Thiago was never meant to come in and like get goals and assists. Right? He was never meant for that. He's not the kind of player who does that anyway. So it's it, of course it's not right to judge him by that, but then again, it's, uh, why not make fun of him, right? He's he's supposed to be the most creative midfielder. So I mean, forget that he plays for Liverpool. Why not make fun of him, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool and Tottenham slander are always tolerated on this podcast. Exactly. Even oh, never mind. <laughs> what are we about to say? <laughs> now we're going to Arsenal, but I'm like, oh shit. Arsenal slander themselves. It's not like. <laughs> <laughs> It's their own fault. Oh my god! But yeah, I guess. Uh, but wouldn't a draw be the most perfect Mourinho kind of result? Just to destroy I every like expectation. It's a very strong. I feel like it's a very strong possibility yeah. a draw. But then, uh, actually, for Spurs and Morton, oh, I just saw that they have a game in hand, so it might not be that bad for Spurs. But for Liverpool, it'll be really bad. I yeah. I just saw okay yeah, yeah then it won't be bad for both I thought both, they were both on nineteen games because they would have both drawn and then they would have both been like six five six and seven points off of the top but I think Tottenham drawing doesn't doesn't hurt them particularly and you're drawing against Liverpool which you know not a bad result at the end of the day no no I thought they had nineteen games played but if Spurs has eighteen then a draw would actually be a really good result for them now that I think about it. Of course, no, they win, but yeah, I draw. It'd good. definitely be a setback for Liverpool, though, with uh, Leicester and like Man U, Man City starting to pull away a little bit. I mean, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So uh, to close things yeah. off, do you guys want to predict if Chelsea are going to finish in the top four now? <sighs> no, nah, nah, no, that's not happening. No, <laughs> no, no chance. I mean, there's always a chance. There's a chance that Sheffield will not get relegated. But let's be honest, they are going to get relegated. <laughs> so like, <laughs> uh, no, but nah, Chelsea. I feel like they'll end up like seventh or something. But nah, they no. I don't know. Do you see West Ham staying at fourth? I really don't. No. I see them like having a steep drop off at some point. Mm-hmm. But I see Leicester staying in the top four. Yeah, I know. I see Leicester staying there. Yeah, exactly. So that means I see yeah. United City staying in the top four as well. So that means the fourth spot is like it has to be Liverpool, right? Let's be honest. Like top four, no. Top six, I think Chelsea will be there. 
Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I think Everton might drop off. So yeah, yeah. But top four now. Hmm. What do you top think? Four is, it's, it's not even a, a massive indictment on Chelsea or Thomas Tuchel. Top four is just tough. Man, you and Man City are in a good run of form. Leicester's play. The Leicester's playing well. Liverpool and Tottenham are obviously we have we have them as title contenders. It's really not like a you know indictment on Chelsea at all, in my opinion. No, that's fair. Yeah, one hundred percent. Completely not. Like so. Yeah, I agree. Oh, but hmm. Yeah, 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 Arsenal does Arsenal finish top six? No, I gotta be honest though. <laughs> I think like top eight at best. <laughs> if Lampard had stayed in the job, yeah, it it was a real possibility that Arsenal would finish above Chelsea. But I feel like now yeah. it's gonna be really hard. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. we're in better form than Lampard's Chelsea. It's just that Tuchel is gonna change it. I feel like a club who's not doing well that isn't spoken about enough is Wolves. Mm. Like, like Wolves has gone under the radar. They're like 14th right now, which is considering how Wolves has been doing over the last couple of seasons. That's not good at all. Yeah, like it's a huge downfall. Maybe a lot of that goes down to uh, Raúl Jiménez's injury, because since then, like they don't have a goal scorer. Like they don't have someone who can score goals. And I feel, I feel like. Raul Jimenez's injury is not spoken about enough. Hmm. Like that man has a scar on his skull now. Like I, there was a picture that showed like hit the zakat, and people are like, um, people went on about Virgil Van Dijk, uh, but uh, <laughs> like, like no one's speaking about Jimenez, and I I find that astounding. Like to be honest. So yeah. Anyway, I just want to put that out there because Wolves is not not doing well. They did not doing well at all. I also feel like you know they had a lot of positive momentum last couple of seasons. They lost a lot of important players, a lot of important pieces. Matt Doherty's gone, who's like underrated for them. I'd say uh, Diego Hota's gone, which like, yeah, I mean, Pedro Neto is not Diego Hota. That's basically exactly it. yes. Yeah. And then I don't know who they really signed that could like, you know, Patrick Catrone. I don't know. This is like on the loan, on a loan signing. And there's really no one that like. Pablo Silva is still a kid. You can't expect him to beat all the winners of Diego Jota. So like, it sucks though. Yeah. They recently got um, William Jose though. So, but it's not going to do anything mm-hmm. at this point. No, exactly. You know, um, if Aston Villa wins their two games in hand, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just, just guess where they would be. Third, ahead of Liverpool. <laughs> Fourth, but yeah, ahead of Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus! I'd actually love to see this. That would, yeah, that would be mad. <laughs> Could you imagine next season in the Champions League if Aston Villa and like Southampton <laughs> are playing in the Champions League? <laughs> you know, if that happens, I like. I like dye my hair like neon, <laughs> neon like white. No, neon yellow. Like paint my nails for the rest. For any flack that like Jack Realish may have gotten in like years prior, and then like Theo Walcott especially, it's the ultimate magnum opus of the yeah. back in the Champions League next year. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. You know how like oh Jack Realish deserves to play in a big club. Jack Jack Realish deserves to play in a big club. Arsenal's monitoring Jack Realish. Arsenal's tenth. Jack Realish finished fourth. <laughs> Jack Rivers made it a big club. Well, that, that's a stretch, but still. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. Jesus. All right, I think that's it. We, uh, uh, 
Yeah. Apologies to Norway. Apologies to Norway as always. Yeah. As always. Although we, we were very kind to him this week. Yeah, we really were. Yeah. We really were. Uh, um, yeah, and also, um, if I'm not mistaken, Martin Odegaard is Norwegian. Yes. So oh, we yeah. really... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I think we'll switch it to, you're welcome, Norway. For this <laughs> week. Yeah, yeah, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was fun. See you again next week. Yeah, See of course. You See you guys next week. Yes. Bye, guys.